Hey everybody, it's your friend Cody from the Four Cornered Room here. I'd like to talk about an action we'd like to take today. Mike Kelly is holding a conference seminar at 6pm, the day this podcast is coming out. We'd like you to call it and let him know how great of a job he's doing. Or not. The number is 202-225-5406. That's at 6pm today. We'd really appreciate you taking the time to letting him know that the people will not be bullied. Thanks again. And enjoy the show. My best friend's gone because of you and your stupid racism. I hate you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Four Cornered Room. It's your friend here, Cody Clark, here with uh, two of my best buddies, Moxie O'Brien and Ian Compton. Hey. I, I can't believe that we did, like, what, eight episodes of this show before I realized you changed the intro? Yeah, a little bit. I, it's... I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Oh man! I guess it's a testament to how stoned I am while we're usually doing this. Right? Like, yeah, exactly. It's like laying outside, and you're like, "When did, when did it get cold?" Well, you ever? Like, <laughs> okay, so this is this is sort of like a dubious reference in some ways. But have you ever been like visiting relatives for dinner or something, and been like, "Oh, those are really nice new curtains or whatever." Did you get new curtains? And then they inevitably say something to the effect of, "I've had those for thirty years." Oh You're yeah! Like oh, I just never noticed what your oh. curtains look like before yeah. today. Apparently, my bad. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I gotta stop looking at my shoes. Yeah, or you know, Dang. pay attention. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, uh, I have a a very interesting topic of discussion for today's episode. Something that's very near and dear to my heart because it pertains to both the labor movement and Black history. And I did want to talk a bit about uh, things pertaining to black history for February. Of course. Um, so today we're going to talk about the uh, the first black union in the United States uh, and a prominent black figure in that union. Uh, that's uh, IWW Local 8 and right. uh, Ben Fletcher, who was uh, an important black socialist and labor organizer. Um so the Industrial Workers of the World was a militant left-wing labor union. Uh, the members were also called Wobblies. And I didn't know this, but they're still a thing. Like, I honestly thought that they would have been dissolved after, like, McCarthy and shit, right? Yeah, especially, like, a name like the Wobblies. Yeah, the Wobblies, man. Who wants to, That sounds like the Wiggles, but for... Like it's probably I mean they started in the 1900s. I forget what year the 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 IWW specifically started. The the local 8 was founded in 1913 and they weren't even the first union. So right. they they I mean back whenever you had things like the Know Nothing Party and the Whigs and shit. Like political parties have always had silly names. Yeah, yeah, it's so like, fun. We just had Abe in here talking about the Tories. The yeah, yeah, the Tories. Like, what the fuck is thing. that? I mean, if there's people from the UK listening to this, they're probably just aghast at three Americans laughing at the fact that Tory is a thing. But it's yeah. it's just one of those weird... It sounds weirdly diminutive, 
like for for like especially like a union like wobbly doesn't sound like yeah i carry giant iron bars for a living or whatever you know 16 tons hey weebles wobbly but they don't fall down (laughs) (laughs) now you guys are both from pa did you have any union union in your family either of you Steel uh, workers? Yeah, Ian. yeah, no, dad, local 37 oh, roofing. Oh, dad, really? Yeah, every year we'd go to Sandcastle for the local union uh, picnic. Oh, that's great. So you grew up at... Uh, union, yeah. No, I, let's, I, I try to understand people's anti-union sentiments because the union seemed to be pretty... Did me pretty well growing it's, up. It's real weird, and you can point a lot of that to um, another union that came to prominence sort of using racism as well as this idea that one line of work was more important than another line of work to, to like divide unions. And then of course you had things like down South, you had like right to work and at will employment that fucked a lot of people. And of course cops were basically put together in some places to stop unions from organizing. Thank you. You had groups like Pinkertons. Pinkertons. I feel like there was one. We should do an episode about the Pinkertons, by the way. That'd be fun. I, I think don't, I don't a know time. a lot. I don't know a lot about the Pinkertons. That's another group I didn't know was still a thing. That's still a thing. A lot of strange, just don't strongholds. they do security for like the Google offices in Pittsburgh? They do security for somebody so. in Pittsburgh. Yeah, there's some kind of like security. They do mostly detail. tech tech firm stuff now. I guess Which, I thought Pinkerton was a Weezer album. What are Pinkertons? <laughs> no, so see, they were sort of like a private. Detective service is the wrong word because they were basically just thugs. Mm. But they were sort like of Hell's like, Angels, but yeah, without but the with motorcycles. Suits. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, with suits. Yeah, okay. Um, and is that they're related to Dale Pinkerton from this area? Correct, Cody. What? Do I have that right? Because I know there's a Pinkerton auto place in this area, and I think hmm, that, that, that I didn't know. Is is that the same? I, I think it's the ooh. same family. I mean, I would assume. That's an intriguing. I don't know if that's the same. But that family. was another group that, like, I was doing some research on for something. I think like a year or two ago, and realized that they were still active. And that's just you know the constant through line that I have for these episodes is that history is not isolated incidents. Like you hear about the Pinkertons in relationship to like the Homestead Revolt, yeah, because that's who they brought in yeah. to fight the the workers' militias, and think that's like a dated reference. But like they still hire Pinkertons to fuck up union workers now. Yeah, right. That's I mean, insane. Wow. it's cyber espionage in some cases, but it's still the same thing. Uh, so. Wobblies. We talked about wobblies. Ha ha ha. Wobblies. Did you see anything about Pinkertons here before I move on? Or I'm just overlooking just some stuff. Fascinated. Yeah, by just the... fascinated by the history of these fucking. It's goons. really something we should do an episode about. I think because I think it does relate to like we're we're gonna have some people from West Virginia on talking about like Blair Mountain and things like that, and I yeah. think they were involved there as well. I think. I think so. Uh, yeah. If um, we do the Great Railroad Strike, that's another thing that we can talk about that I believe that they were involved in, and we're gonna talk about that because we're doing an episode on Peter H. Clark. Bingo. I there guess this is just an ad for other shit we're gonna be doing. There we go. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, a selfless um, plug, but it's also just tangent of everything that has happened in this. And that was one of topic. the things we were just talking about off mic, Ian and I, is that one of the problems we have in doing research for these episodes is nothing is an isolated oh, yeah. incident, and you can't just talk about one thing. Because it ends up, you need context that involves 10 other events, and before you know it, 
well, this is why Alex Jones has a five-hour show every day because you can't do just like an isolated event. It's, it's, a, it's a fucking everything. ecosystem. It real—that's a really good word. Actually. It's a fucking ecosystem. It's, yeah, yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. Um, but the IWW was one of the first interracial, multi-ethnic unions in the United States, and um, that's of note because most early union charters in the United States were specifically whites only. Of course, like, yeah. Federally mandated, like you could you could form once they started letting you form unions, you weren't allowed to have non-white members because that's how every social advance in this country works. We're gonna try a new thing and it's gonna be dope, but it's only gonna be white dudes yep. for like the first yep, thirty yep. years. <laughs> Damn it. Um. Oh. So the the IWW was very notable because again, it was intersectional. They also had a lot of anarchists. And oh, socialists in their ranks, and of course, that's where where my interest comes in. Yeah, you um, piqued mine, of course, too. And that was also what ended up being sort of like the spike for them was whenever McCarthyism was it McCarthy that was the first Red Scare after World War One, or was that too early? He was the big so one that one, you learned about in high school, right? Yeah. The first Red Scare is the one that really affected the IWW because that targeted like unionists yeah, and, and socialists. That's where the mosh of socialism and communism became. Yeah, where they the just sort of saying we were crunch. all the red. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> Look at them. Yeah, they're and all black and red. To exactly. see it another episode we'll be talking about, I'm going to do a union, unit on the Iron Front uh, and how that relates to the history of paramilitary democratic socialism because a lot of people forget that that's a thing. Like, I still get people who are shocked to find out I own guns. Plural. <laughs> um, never even, be like, used I mean, to it, buddy. I, we were just talking about the, the altercation that I had at the gun store yesterday. Oh, jeez. Right. Oh, mammy. Um... And that frightening situation with I mean, someone who was I mean, I look the way I do, yeah. and I feel weird going into the world. <laughs> True, <laughs> the yeah. The fact that you go to the gun department. That's one of the reasons I line. go there. Well, it's such a weird thing being a leftist who has interests in things like survivalism and just like practical living stuff because I end up in a lot of the same places as people who probably want to kill me because like I'm buying guns and bags of grain and shit like that. You know? like, guns and bags socialists. of grain. The socialists, you got to keep an eye out on them well, socialists. That was the funny thing. I'm in the gun department holding a shotgun listening to a dude tell a woman that, and that's why you got to keep an eye on those crazy socialists. And I'm like, you're not doing a very good job of that if that's what your Man. job is. I'm wearing both a face mask. Well, I'm sorry, a face mask, a hat, and a jacket that tell you I'm a socialist who's buying guns while I'm buying guns. And you don't even know I'm here. You know, if <laughs> Batman could read, he'd be so upset. What's that from originally? I've seen the that Simpsons. meme. Oh, that's from The Simpsons. That's the Simpsons yeah. <laughs> and that man was an off-duty cop. He was an off-duty cop. Like he was t- saying Fuck. a whole bunch of crazy shit. And a friend of mine and I were in the gun department looking at. Uh, I want to buy a 12 gauge because I don't have one yet. By the time this comes out, I very well might because I might stop on the way home. You never know. Never know. But um, he was. St- just like Infowars level conspiracy theory shit about the Insurrection Act and Adrenochrome and all this other shit. And then he starts talking about like a, a, a traffic stop that he did at work the night before. And I'm like, wait. And then he says something about a uniform. And I'm like, this is a cop. Uh, I've been standing here thinking this person's a raving lunatic oof. in like Confederate uniform cosplay. Like he had one of those gray hats on the Confederate soldiers would wear, you know? Oh my God. And. I'm thinking, this is problematic as fuck just on his face. And then he says he's a cop. And I'm like, so the federal government just 
gives you a gun and allows you to be a member of age, the most powerful union in the world. Age range, like... Probably late 40s, I would say. Late 40s, early 50s. Okay. He had grayish hair, but he was it in would be fairly sc- decent shape. I it would, would be scarier if he was in his 20s, though. But they exist. I know, I know they, they do. do. No, I, I know mean, they do. It's it's... I labored under the delusion that time would solve a lot of these problems because young people would naturally lean to the left for years until I got back involved in street action and started seeing that the people on the si- other side of the lines were getting younger again. Yeah. Like, mm. when I first started going out to actions, this is a big regression, and I will get back to the point, but when I first started really getting involved in actions, it was for a lot of things like marriage equality, equality rally, rallies. Like yeah, back of course. Like, 2007, 2009, that yeah, sort of time Same frame. here, yeah. And it was a lot of older people on the other side of the fence. Like, it was younger people rallying for gay rights, obviously. The people on the other side of the fence were typically older, older men. Church groups. Almost exclusively. Yeah, church groups more, yeah, more old, often than not. Old Occasionally, couples, yeah. you'd have like a youth group come out to a thing, you know. But right around the Obama administration, like whatever year that would have been, like 2010-ish, 2012. Yeah, yeah, he's starting to run. The crowds got younger again. Like you had more young, white, angry dudes on the other, and that's it's that's just it's just expanded the last few years. I think that just means that that generation we saw in two thousand six and seven learned to teach either their children or their children's children to be just as radical, or you know, you will that's probably true. fall out of like spotlight. Well, I don't think young people develop those ideas in a vacuum. Like I think that yeah, I've I've said a lot lately that I think history radicalizes people. Exactly. Like yes. Reading historical events, like oh, I don't sure. think I don't like, I I think that it's less propaganda and more just actually learning how things get to be the way that they are. Especially as an American, when you learn that like nothing you're taught is of value and most of it's wrong. Like it's it's a very it's completely very skewed, yeah, whitewashed patriarchal view of everything. It's completely bleached. They don't like, want you to know anything. Here's a fun exercise. Ian, name five famous Japanese women from history. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's my point. Name five famous historical gay people. Harvey Milk. Okay, we got one. We got one. That's good. And that is that is true. Like, counterculture has sort of... They made a movie him. about and that's it. That's why there is a film. Yeah, I know. There is a film. There's also a band that is in a straight sludge. man yeah. played Harvey right. Milk. Yes. Yeah, and fuck. you know, don't get me wrong, Philip Seymour Hoffman did do a great. Well, was he straight? No, it was um Oh, damn. Oh no, he played he played it, Truman Capone. Uh, uh into yeah, the yeah, yeah, uh, the mystic. Milk. Oh my goodness. Uh Fast Times at Ridgemont Sean, High, Sean, Sean Penn. Penn? Sean yeah, Sean Penn, Penn played Harvey Milk. Oh, that's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. <laughs> For other reasons, yeah. Uh, but, but my point is, Philip Seymour Hoffman played Capote, or Capote. yeah, Truman Capote. That's, yeah, Capote. Yes. Uh, yes. But my point is, is that there's entire world views that American history never exposes you to. True. Like, very true. You don't. We don't know shit about anything that happened in Asia prior to like Mao, when it became yeah. relevant to like propagandize communism through that whole lens. And to bring it back around, it was President Woodrow Wilson in 1918 that uh wrote up the sedition act the okay. anti antar anti uh, anarchist sedition act really yeah mm-hmm. woodrow wilson well yeah, he was like and what year was that 1918 yes he was wasn't he one of the ones who was supposedly one of the clan 
He started the freaking um. Oh, the, you're the, probably the, the pre-United right. Nations. There was, I can't. I can't and remember. He was a huge racist. I can't remember which president it was. Who in like the first or second iteration of the Klan they believed he was a member of the Klan. Wow. Uh, you can Google that, people listening, if you're interested. I know yeah, the yeah, big yeah. rumor about, there about Woodrow it. Wilson. There's a I've... whole section on Wikipedia about race relations with this guy. Holy shit! No, the, no, <laughs> the screen, the birth of a nation at the oh, White that's House. This guy, yeah, then he has to be the one who was in the Klan. Yeah, okay? yeah. no, yeah, Woodrow wasn't Wil- that the first movie ever shown at the White House? By the way. It might have been. I think the first movie ever shown, like the first moving picture ever shown at the White House. Yo, that's on right. DVD right. at the pub, the library. What is? Birth, Birth of, of a Nation? Nation. Two copies of it. At, wait, wait. At the Butler Library. Wait. Yeah, no, I saw it and I had a moment. I'm like, Birth what the fuck? Birth of a Nation is available at the Butler Public Library? Mm-hmm, to rent to watch, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, I, and two you know, copies. I'm never of it, ready for you, to, Mox. To, I'm never I'm fucking so ready. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but um, and, you know, I, I have family in this area who like, I know they were still having clan rallies in this area as recently as like the mid '90s. So that's not. Oh my whole! Like it's I, not entirely shocking. Oh, I was no. always told I, there was clan in like like Herman and shit. There's still clan in Beaver. Yeah, I, Herman. I'm, it was the birthplace yo, of the Italian led. Uh, segments of the clan. Seriously? Yeah. That's when they started thinking that Italian people were white. In I'm not going to yeah. say what local business, but there was a local business around here that put up some signs for Biden and got mail All right. from the cl- from a clan from like, a clan like, recruitment like, literally, literally being Biden, shout them out i don't like but, but we'll just we're just going to negate no, that but, no okay. but they 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 got mail being like you need to stick with your kind, like kind of male, like yeah. like, like like really scary. Is this this is a situation. This is an old man. Doesn't know Biden's white. This is a seventy-year-old man. Kind of a racist. The the clan is trying to recruit a business owner who is seventy years old. I mean, who, on some level, I would just assume most of the business areas in this area. This is, have that affiliation already. But if you want to say that, like that, like it, do, it doesn't exist. Like I read this. Oh, the, I'm the, absolutely the not saying. No, 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 no. Just to his <laughs> demographic. No, no, no. Okay. That's what we're I, saying. I see, right? like, we're not like, telling okay. you that, buddy. My, my, <laughs> okay. my, 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 like I, I was given the paper and read this like mail that was like that the person took out of their mailbox that someone put in their mailbox with no mail like mailing address like someone, someone in left the a area pamphlet in being their, like in like we mail. we exist and we we are watching you kind of thing like wow yeah it exists yeah i mean it's it's not surprising to me but i'm sure there's white people who like to think that it was surprising those to that are things person. that happen in movies that don't happen anymore like, that person who showed me that didn't that one guy give that one speech that one time and we fixed racism you know Mm-hmm. The one that they shot, that 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 guy. <laughs> this is, well, that's the one thing about American. Not um, the other guy that they shot. The one guy education that is that it's, it's ne- it's always supposed to be, well, absolute. It's, it's absolutism. Yes, and it's it's like events, but it's not events though. Like I think that's the the point I feel like needs stressed is that like we look at the I have a dream speech like as a as a this is an event where the causes of civil rights were achieved. And no, it wasn't. It was a good day. Yeah. It was a high point for that for the movement at that time. It it was yeah. necessary. That's... I'm of the opinion that it was great because like we talked about how that uh, gay democratic socialist helped organize it. So it showed that King was willing to co- like coalition with different kinds of activists. But it wasn't 
the culmination and victory of the civil rights movement was not the I Have a Dream speech. That's the, the his assassination was them realizing that there was a chance. Well, and the it, opposition, I mean, not them see, as in like a weird on, conglomerate. I think it depends on your outlook, though, because in a lot of ways, I look at the things that were done after King died in much the same way that I look at like taking Aunt Jemima off a bo- off of a syrup bottle or getting rid of cops. Like you didn't address the systemic problem. Exactly. Yeah. A bad thing happened and people started rioting. So like you yeah. gave a surface level solution with like the housing act and the voting rights act. But even like, we're going to talk about on another episode we do in a couple of weeks that even after like the housing rights act was passed, housing discrimination didn't stop. Like that was still, yeah. I know those issues mean. never stopped Be like we, we gave lip service to them. And in situations where it was beyond the pale and something needed done legally, you had precedent. Like, I think that's quote-unquote important for those reasons. But I just, I guess I have a lot of anger about the way those things have been used to suggest that work doesn't still need done. Yeah. You know, like, yes, we got the Civil Rights Act in 1964. Was it 64 or 67? 67? Fucking hell. 67 sounds Yeah, because right. he died in like 66, right? So... The civil, Though got, he might have died civil... in 64 because I just watched Umbrella Academy and well, it's all civil, about that the, 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 the shit. The I Have a Dream speech was 64. Either 64. way. Thank you. Yeah. Civil Rights the, Act. So the, the Civil Rights Act, we and got then that. Then there was and another one in 68. That, was that the one for uh, I think indigenous the... people? No, that was the Voting Rights Act in 68, right? Let's find out. Okay. I mean, regardless, it's Lyndon. That was right after the King riot. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we yeah. had the original yes. one in sixty, yeah, sixty four, and then in sixty eight, after King was assassinated, he did that. And, and then, then a few years after that, they let indigenous people. Yes, because I didn't actually know that until a few years ago. That's that, its like, own. It's I, I hate they had their this. own. Uh, no, don't it's, say it. It's the don't say that it. word. Civil rights. The, act. the yeah, fuck the, that shit. But like, yeah. even like their Voting Rights Act had to be racist. Yeah, yeah, America. Exactly. But like, I didn't know they. I did not know. And this is just back to what I was saying to make this whole divergent point necessary, and like why we could have been talking about it in the first place is that we, and by we I mean I, knew so little about indigenous history in America. I didn't know they couldn't vote even after we got the right to vote. I didn't know that because I never learned it. Did you know that? You just fucking taught me that right you now. Just, you just now found yeah. that out. Yeah, I didn't know that. I'm almost the, fucking I'm going to say the Indigenous Voting old. Rights Act, because I'm not going to say what they called it, oh, was like, man. what, 69, Cody, or something like that? Um, or it was in the 70s, eh? It was like way later. I don't think it was that much later. That's I thought it was, like 10, it, it was like 10 years after the fact or something, wasn't it? I think, no, it was, it was like, uh, it was like an, it was... It was after the Voting Rights Act, though. So even like yeah, yeah. in that situation, like the Voting Rights That's Act insane. did not include all Americans. So like even like through the lens of civil rights, it's like we were still excluding groups. The people who were here first. Yeah, the people whose land we were voting on in the first goddamn place. Uh, but 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 today at t- in 2021, we have the Washington football team and the Kansas City football team. So we're doing great. We're doing great. You right? probably know more about sports than me. Do you know what they changed the names to? No, no that's you heard the team. It. That's they the just, team. The, they're just called City. the Washington football that's team? That's what they decided on for a whole fucking year. 
They have a good <laughs> fucking, fucking laugh. Shit, that's just horrible. Yeah, they just took everything. Yeah, I did not they know did. that. And they technically only did that for Washington. Kansas City people choose to say that or not. Yeah, are they still called the the, the Chiefs? Like, yeah, technically, for, yes. Because they and just, their main thing they just lost the Super Bowl. Yeah, right? but then but also you have yes. you have Great Cleveland PR, by the way and um. and. <laughs> That's terrible. I don't. And I don't even hear any like. And so I, I hear them like it's what the the Washington, um, Atlanta was another one. Atlanta. Needed, I don't know. But if also, they no. Or I don't. Not, I don't hear anyone say anything about were, Cincinnati. The Braves. I don't know if they addressed that or not. Oh, like isn't the Reds yeah, I wasn't even thinking about Redskins? Is that no, still a no? Thing? That's the Chicago, right? I, I don't know where that team. Well, there from. was a Redskins, but there's yeah, also the Red a Reds somewhere. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, all these fucking gone with. I mean, honestly, I Braves think we is could, Atlanta. Yeah, the the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, we could really just get rid of professional sports entirely, and I'd be fine with it. Except lacrosse. Yeah, and to I be mean that is, that is an American yeah. sport. Is it really? That is a, an indigenous people yeah, sport. Is. Yeah, I yes. did not know that. That's yes. fascinating. It explains why so many white blonde people play it. Though. I know, though, man. I know. <laughs> but back, so we're talking about the IWW. Yes, the yes. union. Yes, uh, yes, and. A fact, like I, I said, that they were uh, specifically left-leaning and a lot of anarchists and socialists, and the IWW sort of asserted that workers are in opposition to owners and separate social classes who have nothing in common with each other. Yeah, they're now, not, I'm reading stuff here. And they, some they people committed. might say that's like a bit militant, but... It's sort of the ideal I've always held to. I think that there's something inherent, and like we've probably talked about this on this show before, that having money and power fucks with your head in a way that makes you not think like a regular person. Yeah. So I just think there's something inherent in being an owner of things, having that administrative authority. And I say this a person as a person who's worked both in factories and in administrative positions. The I people that I dealt sure. with's brains didn't work like mine. I just oh yeah, they don't think of certain things. Like, no people, I, some business <laughs> owners. Yeah, it's insane. And to highlight this, like I was, I was having this conversation with Steph when I was preparing this information, and I think the best example of they don't think like you is: Do you guys remember a few years ago, Bill Gates did an interview where they asked him how much he thought groceries cost. And he yes. said, like, he thought that a bushel of bananas was, like, 10 or $20 or something. Yes. And it's like, that's just an illustration that you don't even know what poor looks like. That's Like, you scary. assume the average person could afford groceries if a bushel of bananas was $10? So, when's the last time you've bought groceries? When's the last time you've done Let any of the... Let yeah. look at anything, no, any transaction. He doesn't have someone, to think about it. I'm sure he has no... Do you think he knows how much money he has? I, Do you yes, think, that's you the think one he's thing aware he knows. Of specifically, how much money he has, or yes. at this point, is it just like theoretical? I mean, you know what I, I mean? Because it's not like he ever has to worry about running out. Yeah, but like, I think it's like it's more of like a power thing again. Like a seeing status the number. I feel like Elon Musk knows how much money he has. I I bet Elon oh, Musk jerks not. off to his own. I'm sure boys, boys sure, we're like, spiraling like, now. Sorry, like, no, it's it's, it's like eleven fifty seven at night. And he's about to kiss Grimes goodnight. And he's like, talk, let me check one last time. <laughs> I think if you're going to talk about why it's important for tweets. militant labor movements to exist, then talking about how shitty rich people are is appropriate. You're totally right. Um, I just don't want to think of his face. <laughs> Well, for what it's worth, I think he's supposed to be on that rocket that he's launching in like a month, and the last Shazam. two have blown up. Good luck. So good luck. More, no sham, joke. Sham on, bud. Yeah, just good um, luck. The, mm -hmm. That's all. I'm, pull, about I'm pulling for you. 
I'm pulling for you. All right. Yeah. Unions. Unions. <laughs> Thank you, Ian. Unions. Uh, so the Local 8 was a longshoreman's union, and uh, they were based out of Philadelphia, which is another reason that I thought this would be a pertinent Ooh. episode for yeah. the show, because it. it's just another way that like Pennsylvania intersects with labor and union rights and that's been a thing for me because of how much i hate this state because of what it is now looking at the history of what it could have been and used to be is fascinating it's so diverse and rich and And full of life and like the labor movement was powerful here like workers had ownership in what they did like there was a, a really there was a value to being you know a coal worker a steel worker a railroad worker and solidarity in that and these motherfuckers would go to their bosses with rifles whenever they tried to fuck with their money now we all work at dunkin donuts for minimum wage and we can't afford our fucking groceries what happened well <laughs> About 200 years um, of bad lo- shit. Yeah, lots of things happened. Essentially, things like the IWW scared the living shit out of capitalists because you couldn't, um, like, in terms of, like, tactics, they, they were militant in the sense that if you didn't do business, they might sabotage you. Like, these cats were, like, the like the Longshoremen's Union would, like, sink boats and shit like that. Oh, shit. Like, if you didn't play ball, you fucked around and found out, which is, you know, some people view that sort of, like, militant, proactive behavior as extreme, but when you understand the intentions of the people that you're up against and the level of exploitation that they are willing to mete out on you... Like, I think in some cases, these sorts of things are necessary. Like, to get back to what I was saying about the labor history of Pennsylvania, I think Pennsylvania is an important lesson in what happens when you allow corporatist capitalist interests to defeat the labor movement. Mm, You have this ghost town where there's no work, no money, all the houses are falling down. Everybody's hooked on painkillers. No industry. Yeah, it's it's the gray after Nothing effects fried of cheese. late stage capitalism. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, there's actually a beautiful photo that demonstrates what late stage capitalism is, and it's like the picture of every single off the fucking interstate city, or not city, but town. And it's just a quarter mile of McDonald's and gas stations one way, and man. a quarter mile of another, like. Fast I foods in the other way. I look at pictures of Butler, it. Pennsylvania from like the height of the railroad industry or even pictures of right. Pittsburgh and like, sure, the sky was fucked. Don't get me wrong. All of that shit was bad for the environment. I'm not championing industry in that way. I don't want to seem like I'm not trying to be circumspect about things. But if you compare a- the workers, like the workers movement and the solidarity of labor in that time to like Cranberry, Pennsylvania now, where it's just Christ. one big fucking strip mall. The temptations and shit used to come through town. Dude, we Pitts, it was a Pittsburgh ha- used was to be like the next town. New York, and Butler used to be the next Pittsburgh. This this city, this town, well, it's not, it used to be a city, had three live theaters in it. Yeah, no, it like, was bonkers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this yeah. Was this is still popping, technically a corporated city, though. A, a popping industrial area at one now, point. And now it's a highway. Like, outside yeah, it literally goes right through so, it. It's another off-ramp. You know, outside yep. of you know? East Butler, they built a Dollar General where Ray's Rib Shack used to be whatever. Okay, okay. I don't Dollar, know what that is, but go on. Dollar 422. General. Yeah. I, tur- I went out and saw my grandparents the other day right outside on Clearfield Road where I live. Yeah. They're building a Dollar General right on the on the corner of 422 <sighs> and my Christ. road. Three minutes away from a Dollar General they just fucking built on 422. 
what the That's, flying fuck? It's well, making I mean, the road more the dangerous. Things that anybody, and this is just like we said, it's it's one big circle in that we've taken away the solidarity of the workers and their ability to have their own agency and advocate for a better life for themselves. We've we've Amen. replaced that. We have no bargaining with corporatist chip. Yeah. statist socialism where these people collect all of the money and all of the influence and everything and then they send it somewhere where we don't have access to it. So our communities crumble from the inside out while they continue to line their pockets. And, yeah. and they get to point fingers at what the uh, actual problem is. One of the insidious things that has come as uh, part and parcel to this is education systems that are so devalued you that you don't understand all of the ways you're fucked because no one teaches you and then and the circle is complete and you are a willing cog of a machine you know and that's why the four cornered room exists yeah we're here to just break you because, out of that mold. Uh, your teachers lied to you about a lot of stuff yeah. and uh we're just gonna get stoned and teach you about it instead <laughs> amen and take it from someone who's like left PA and traveled. I, I once was on tour and was driving up to Boone, North Carolina, and every four miles there was a fucking Pep Boys and a Dollar fucking General. Well, we've... Every four miles. I started to keep track. What is interesting <laughs> to me, and I don't know if, 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 Cody, you have this as someone Anywhere who's like you done go. some like <laughs> studying on like leftists and things like that throughout history, is that rather than elevating interesting people like Emma Goldman or like we're going to talk about Ben Fletcher or Peter Clark or Sojourner yeah. Truth or interesting people who advocated for people. Right. We now venerate people like Elon Musk and venture capitalists who have done nothing but take advantage of everyone that they could at every tier of their success. And somehow that should be the goal. It's become the I, the new um, fantasy. Like, there's violence. You can fantasize I can be violence. A too. Or you can fantasize for that power. Yeah, exactly. Once and, I could take advantage. Yeah. Too. <laughs> once, yeah. Once I'm on that that step of the ladder, I can step on everyone else. You and know? I guess the disconnect so that I have is I don't get wanting to be the guy with the whip as opposed to wanting to take the whip away. Because like, there's someone exactly. there's someone whispering in their ear that the guy that doesn't have the whip is getting whipped. Yeah, but we should just take the whip, man. Like yeah, yeah, you get it. There doesn't I get need it. to be a whip is the problem. I get it, but there's you know that, that there's always no, someone right. above them whispering. It's just very, very frustrating whenever you get into, oh, so we've been doing this for thousands of years. I mean, I'm my brain is still reeling about that Abe shit. Yeah. I was going to say, it's taking back to the stocks. You fucked us up yeah. so bad, buddy. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it was bullshit from the get-go. Seriously, as long as people have had the ability to exploit each other, they've basically We've been done exploiting it. each yeah. other. And that's why I think you take the toys away, and one of the toys is money. <laughs> so that's, that's the big why toy, I'm yeah. anti-capitalist. I totally agree. Uh, but to get back to uh, the IWW and the Local 8, uh, in 1913, several thousand and longshoremen joined the IWW uh, because it practiced direct action and was preaching equality. Right. Like that was Irishmen, Europeans, and African Americans, and a lot of black people and yeah. women as well, because they were also one of the first unions that allowed women. Can, I don't. I um, I dare you to find any photos of a, such a diverse crowd you, from this era. Really? That and it was international as well, and they also just opened their ranks in such a way as you didn't have to be a member of a specific union to be a member of the IWW. They just recognized workers. But in this time period, and you also have to understand what a lot of, a lot of what is left out about things like the Industrial Revolution and like the rise of 
free market capitalism and the ways they took advantage of their workers. Like, these violent unionization tactics did not occur in a vacuum. Like we've discussed before, one of the main reasons a lot of places, including Pennsylvania, has cops is because of unions. Yeah, yeah. Because they exist to protect private interests, and those private interests are the property and money of the people who don't want to pay you fair wages. Have uh, you? My brain might just be fucked, and you may have said already. But have we explained what a longshoreman is? Oh, we yeah, haven't yeah, yeah. explained I can tell you right what now. a longshoreman is. I was trying to Google it, but I can't wanna... figure it out. It's uh, it's basically someone that works on the dock. You know, the someone that maintains ships and yep. unloads trucks or trains. You know, airplanes. And New York was a huge hub for that shit. So Philadelphia yeah. was just like a condo. Is Philly, for that. A, is Philly, it's a river. Huge it's, port it's town. It's a port city. Yeah. Okay. Huge. Yeah, Philly yeah, yeah, and yeah. New York City. All of those everything old came East to. Coast cities. That was the main, like one of okay. the main, bringing shit off boats. Even Pittsburgh was yes. getting shipments oh, because rivers. of the rivers. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. All the way down to like Baltimore, right? Like insanely. Yeah. Whole yeah. The whole peninsula in a way i'm i I almost failed geography so again don't don't throw that witchcraft at me <laughs> stupid <laughs> words for, for oh, smart looking people at the one thing that i kind of understand oh really so <laughs> yeah, is peninsula like, is peninsula right then is that what you'd call that coast like from an like outshoot of land Boston going that isn't down to Baltimore. Island. Well, what you wouldn't you? call that whole thing a peninsula but a lot of them have them like look at new york like you think it's all like like Manhattan is tech, like kind of a peninsula, and Long Island is like like Brooklyn is Long Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's crazy to look wow. at all that kind of stuff. And you like go up to Seattle and look at like, like and then Vancouver think of it, and think of it in 1920 in and how much those uh-huh. ports allowed everything uh-huh. into that's how, the like, country. Before we had People, interstate trafficking boats. of any kind, that's how everything got here. Literally everything. No mm-hmm. planes. You know, we didn't yeah. have like a functional railroad system yet. We were still building. I was it. once told that there Plane, like, planes were coming in around Broadway. Twenties. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember when the Wright brothers did their thing. I I don't remember I think that. It was nineteen fourteen. Uh, okay, it was right okay. So like right it, around because World War One had planes. Right, you're right. You're right. You're right. We had exactly. an air. We, that's when we established the Air Force or something, wasn't it? Now we're, we're so it. far fucking ahead of yeah, ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Right? Okay, here uh, we go. This is this is why you practice the outlines beforehand, so you don't start asking yourselves a bunch of questions. Fuck you it. Don't know the What's a longshoreman? We yeah. got it. We Boom. got it. We got yeah. the longshoreman. We, we got everything used to be connected. <laughs> I was once told that you can connect Broadway from New York all the way to Montreal. So you know, we used to not have planes and shit. It makes sense. Well, in that geographical fluidity, like living in New England, the further exactly. up Maine you get, it's basically just Canada. Like the accent, <laughs> yeah. the well, accent sure, yeah. morphs from Massachusetts into. To like pre-Canadian, the further it's something about being around all those bears. That road there, yeah, Maine is oh, like its own thing. Oh, yeah, you yeah, you yeah. want to stay away from that road down there, that road right? There. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, don't bury anything in that past cemetery there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're back at the Union. Bury the lead a little bit there. there. All right, so for ten years, the local eight uh, dominated ports along the Delaware River uh, through use of things like work gangs, uh, meetings, social gatherings, and leadership posts. And those were all things no unions were doing at the time. Like, they sort of innovated a lot of the tactics that unions use to advocate for themselves, which is interesting to me because that's another example of, like, black folks, women... And non-white people really paved the way for how unions were able to even advocate for themselves. Like, not just unionization, but the ways unions were able to work. A lot of those ideas came from the local aid. Um, so post-World War One, about 50,000 black people and West Indians immigrated into Philly, and most of them joined the local aid. Uh, basically, a lot of people came home from the war and didn't want to deal with Jim Crow. 
Yeah. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah, seriously. You just fought for the country. Why would you go back to being a third class citizen? So they all moved up here because there was tons of work because like we were just talking about that we had port cities everywhere and places mm-hmm. for people to get gainful employment. And these this was the union that was allowing black members. So when all of these southern black people came up, they all joined the union. So you had this city of brotherly love, right? I, they didn't like Santa Claus. I don't know how accurate that is. <laughs> I, I do love Philly, though. It's one of the cleaner cities in the U.S. that I've been to. Did you know that they actually... Um, my brother lived in Philly for, like, 20 years. Um, they instituted a program a few years ago where they pay homeless people a doll- like a, a an hourly wage every day to clean up street trash. No, but that's awesome. So, like, you can, as a houseless person, collect, like, trash off the sidewalk and turn it in for dispense to get money every day. Like that's just really fucking dope to me. I, right I was on. really, yeah. I, the last time I visited my brother out there, I made the comment, like I'm a cigarette smoker and I'm not always one of those people who waits for a garbage can. But if I'm in a place where it looks like no one has ever thrown a cigarette, I get real nervous about doing it. So when I looked around to throw my cigarette on the ground, I said, why is it, bro, it's so fucking clean here. Am I allowed to do this? And he's like, oh, we pay someone to do this every single day. And he explained it to me. And I was like, wow. There we go. Fucking A. I'll be. Um, the Wobblies were uh, locked out of uh, a lot of industries in 1922. And also, again, like we said, after the first Red Scare, mostly by uh, use of racism. Because <laughs> uh, that's kind of how you split people up is you get the white folk thinking that they should be making more than everybody. Yeah. And they tend to agree. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at a number here. In 1923, their membership peaked at 58,000. Yeah, well, I mean, wow. they went from like just a local Philly thing to like all of the black people living in the area and all of the West Indian people living in the area joined this union, uh, which is just fucking fascinating to me. And uh, one of their biggest uh, organizers, one of the more prominent figures within the union, was this cat, Ben Fletcher, who I wanted to talk about. Right. Uh, he was born in 1890, and he lived until 1949. Uh, he was a Philadelphia native. Right. And uh, like I said, probably the most prominent member of the local eight. Uh, he became a socialist and joined the IWW in 1912 and uh, argued actively for the overthrow of capitalism. Oh, And, like, I'm a black dude who does that now, and it's, like, a radical thing to do. I can't imagine being a black dude in, like, 1912 screaming that, like, capitalism was the problem at people whenever you'd only been legally allowed to, like, read and write for a few years. You know what I mean? Jesus Christ. Somebody had to do it. That's the wildest shit to me, too, is, like, whenever you look at the writings of people like him or... You know, Peter Clark is another one. Uh, Frederick Douglass, like people who in some cases had been slaves and wrote like these really crazy like or- orations and stuff that like this was during a time when like they weren't supposed to know how to write mm-hmm. and still wrote like wow. this just unbelievable stuff. Like it just blows my mind. Um, But uh, Fletcher preached that the uh, owning class used racism to divide and exploit workers. Uh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, infighting will do it, right? And in another total non-surprise, he was targeted by the federal government uh, for being anti-war during World War I. Uh, he was the only black member of the IWW that was tried and convicted for treason yep. in 1918. No, he wasn't the only member of the IWW. He was just the only black one. Oh, okay. 
who was tried for treason. And this is an interesting fact about this, uh, I thought so anyway, that there was no evidence presented against him in that trial, but he was still sentenced to 10 years in federal prison and a $30,000 fine. Now, I don't know what the rate of inflation would be on $30,000 in 1918, but right. I have to assume they gave him, what, like a $20 million bail? <laughs> yeah, you could add so, a couple zeros to that, I'm like sure. That. Did he serve all 10 years? No, no, no. His oh. sentence was commuted um, Say, damn. after three years. But a funny fact, uh, when he was sentenced, uh, he leaned over to a friend and joked that the judge was being ingrammatical, uh, which is oh to my say God. his sentences were too long. Oh, which yeah. is just like, That's even hilarious. like... Being like strapped with ten years, dude was making jokes funnier than like I don't know a Dave Chappelle. Um, <laughs> like, but as I he said, he was doing looks at the camera. <laughs> you people were doing looks at the camera. Fuck, fucking a. <laughs> Just a, a genius before his time, man. Uh, but his sentence was commuted. He didn't do the whole ten. He only served three years in a sentence. Was commuted in nineteen twenty-two, and uh, he in died. PA. Uh, yes, yes, he served in Pennsylvania. Uh, but he did move to Brooklyn after he got out of prison, uh, and he died in Brooklyn, uh, but yep. still a union man and still a member of the IWW. Sorry, Cody just showed me a picture of him, and he totally was giving looks to camera. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Holy dude, shit. <laughs> dude had that hard look to him. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like... uh, but that's that's what I have on Ben Fletcher in the IWW. This wasn't a particularly long segment but i thought that it was fascinating it does outline uh some things that we don't typically i think that that by virtue of how we uh, hold up capitalism in this country the the broader labor movement is something that does not get discussed because i don't think we want people to realize that like hey if you all get together and tell your bosses to go fuck themselves you could actually accomplish something with yep. that yep knowledge is power man right so you could do that yeah you could actually <laughs> Like, general strike is a thing that has accomplished quite a lot, and we're going to talk about a few of those in later episodes, because it, you'd be amazed what people can do when they tell the government no. I wouldn't be surprised to see a large-scale, like, Did strike on our Amazon soil soon. Did you see workers are unionizing in Alabama? Was it yeah. Alabama? I've seen their unionizing. I don't know if it was Alabama or not, but... It was, I did it, was, see that. it was a deep south state that I saw it in, but that that Amazon workers are starting to unionize. Yep. So it's it's there's a there's a wave only happening. Exploit people for so long before they start to figure out ways to you know Fight back. Im- improve their situation. It, yeah. If I could say one thing about unions, it was like 2008 to 11, like the recession was happening, right? Yeah, 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 yes, yes. And I I think back in that I've always been like lower middle class, you know. Uh, right. growing up and me as an adult I'm a very broke human being but I remember like looking back at the time like I don't remember like really being that affected in my personal and home life and because I gotta chalk it up worked. to the union yeah, my dad exactly. worked my mom also had a job but my dad was in a union and there were some some things that happened later that fuck that that's a totally uh, uh outer than that but like like we were taking like the union in my experience fucking worked I mean, I think that, ironically, uh, especially someone who has so much love for Massachusetts and the 1960s, I think we can look at, like, the Kennedy administration for where a lot of the negativity towards unions came Mm -hmm. from, like, in American history, like, his whole beef with Hoffa. Like, I think that had a—and don't get me wrong, there was a lot of 
uh, organized crime and problems in New York construction yeah. unions. Not to suggest course, that there yeah. isn't still, but like it's it's at cross purposes to suggest that the people telling you that you should be properly reimbursed for the labor you do that creates a Jeff Bezos or an Elon Musk or something, that those people are the bad guys. You know, it's it's disappointing how, how far we've let that rhetoric get, and I'm, I'm hoping that we can do our part to dismantle a bit of that because workers of the world really do need to unite. We're all being fucked. I worked I, many I jobs. I agree completely, yeah. And it was at the ice cream shop in New York where I realized, you know, if we unionize, this job would be a lot better, and I went, fuck, and that's why I'm going to leave it at that. Ice cream shop. There's a reason companies like Marriott, for example, who I worked for for a few months in 2018, run like a four-hour session during training explaining why you should never discuss unions at work. Would they hire me at Walmart? Like, they, they, did, did they do that at Walmart, too? We're not anti-union. We're pro-you. Oh, God. I just... I laughed. My, Yikes. I laughed as I... Like, yeah. I went for the bowl I'm of candy. I'm not sure I believe in souls, but I think mine just threw up a little bit. <laughs> Good God. That was my orientation. Fuck <laughs> you, Walmart. Seriously. Ugh, cringy. I watched um, the video. I laughed. <laughs> it was so fun. A good rule of thumb for anybody listening is that if the Waltons think it's bad for business, it's probably good for you and you should and get humanity, out there and yeah. support it. For sure. Uh, that was thanks. super interesting. Yeah, thanks, that was buddy. great, buddy. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm just hoping to get the word out on some of this stuff because I think it's really important and really pertinent. And um, after 2020, I think a general strike could have helped out a lot of fucking people. Yeah. You know, I I, like we, I said, I, we're witnessing it in India right now with the farmers. Yes. Largest I, I mass organization. Because a lot of people. Yeah, the wave is coming, I think. Realized that they don't have the agency they thought they did as employees mm-hmm. whenever it came down to we need our employers to have our best interest in mind. You realize that, like, not only do they not, the extent to which they don't. You know, one of the main things being argued about the COVID bill last year was legal protections for businesses. I.e., if your business says you come back to work and they don't properly provide protections and sanitations, etc., mm-hmm. and you get sick and die, no one can sue them. That was a point so necessary to be argued that it took like nine months of you not getting government stimulus money to decide whether you should be allowed to sue a company if a family member died at work. That's Seems why like a unions. trap. Seems like a trap, right? It's yep. a trap. Amen. Yeah. For for fucking real. I mean, why put your hand in a fucking just wide open trap like that? Jesus exactly. Christ. So die at home safe and fucking sound. If you want to do any more research, there's a whole lot you can find online about the IWW. Uh, I didn't read any specific books about this topic, but um, Google is your friend, as the white libs love to say. Uh, so it's also not your friend. It's always listening. That's true. It's it's also definitely not your friend, and the algorithm is like weaponized radicalization. Fuck the internet and so fuck actually, tech companies. If you can go to your public library, yes. boys. Except for Butler's. <laughs> yeah, except the Butler Library. No, because the Butler apparently... Library has a lot of great things, but finding that was fucked. <laughs> I'm sure someone would argue that it was for historical posterity. Yeah, exactly. I know why they would. It was like a. I mean. But why were there two copies? Was yeah, Alfred why Hitchcock is there two copies? With the creation of that film and so Birth No, of it was no, like no, no, 30s. No, no. It was like one of the first it was movies older than ever that. made. It was super. Okay. Old. 18. It was 1918. Okay. Yeah, super. Yeah, old. The, because the clan was established like right after the the Civil yeah, War, was like, literally. Reestablished, right? Um, well, no, it was established right after oh, the Civil yeah, yeah, sorry, War, sorry. and then it was broken up. 
uh, post-reconstruction with the use of black militias, something right. we're going to talk about in another episode. That sounds fun. That essentially, uh, after the Klan kind of formulated around, let's terrorize everybody after the Civil War, uh, the governor of, I believe it was Arkansas, just got a whole bunch of like black war vets together and said, boys, go get them <laughs> for four or five months. And the Klan was basically wiped out by a black militia of like 400 people who just went county to county and killed Klansmen for like a whole summer. I was born in the wrong era. Why isn't that a Tarantino movie? I think we all know why it's yeah. not a Tarantino movie. It's not nearly racist, and there's n- yeah. racist enough, and there's not enough images of Uma Thurman's feet. That's that's right. <laughs> I, there's a, there, there would definitely be enough blood, though. Oh, uh, I mean, you could do that part, but like, yeah. it's it's not it's no hateful eight, buddy. <sighs> I, I, when's the movie um, he's gonna put out about like the stone the Stonewall? rally like when the clan got back together because you know that's probably the next i don't know all i know is i i want to see fucking um uh the that the new movie that just uh, came out you can hear it thank you yes that looks that comes out next week right written by those twins right was it was it written by the the two because they were interviewed by the the lucas brothers yes Yes. correct they wrote that yeah Yeah. dude oh shout out the lucas brothers i love those two yeah Yeah, that looks real and i love the actors who were in it as well exactly right who was in um uh sorry to bother you right i don't know the lakeith stanfield is that his name what I remember from Get Out's in it too. Right? What I yeah, remember from the interview is the white guy they have in it. Apparently, it plays the perfect villain. Apparently, a sweetheart human being, but like the perfect like. Uh. Is he gonna top what's his name from that '70s show playing David Duke and Black Klansman? That was one of my favorites. Oh, that right. Was, I, Topher. What, yeah, no. Topher Grace playing David Duke. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Black Klansman. That was, was so good. So good. So good. <laughs> God. Anyway, uh, shout out um, the Lucas Brothers. That's amazing. I'm going to check yeah. that out when it comes out. I think it comes out this weekend. Hopefully. I'm going to have to check that right after um, we're done with this. Seriously. And if you guys want to check us out, we are on Facebook. Yep. You're probably listening to this on our Spotify. That's the big uh, one, yeah. You'll be able to or hear Apple us up Music. here soon on other places platforms as well like twitter and instagram we'll have an instagram by uh, this we're gonna time have sure. things coming at Sweet. you real quick uh but on behalf of the boys this is moxie o'brien for uh cody clark and ian signing off thank Hell you yeah. for listening to the four cornered room we out peace